0: Shut up, and sit down. Hey there, and welcome to the
1: Third Period Podcast, the show that takes you around the UK ice hockey leagues, sponsored by Nuola for all your custom sportswear needs.
2: ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to another episode of the third period podcast now today we have a, another guest with us this is a fan guest that we have um we have scott joining us now just a bit of backstory i believe and he'll probably correct me if i'm wrong scott is one of our substitute webcast commentators at the blaze uh who has happily stepped into a few games last season uh it certainly threw me off when i watched some highlights when i was doing some uh, team gradings shall we say um so welcome scott hello so ash as you've kindly organized this i'm gonna go quiet and you can do the next section far away mate
1: okay um again thank you for joining us scott uh do appreciate it and um, what we're gonna do the three of us when we first started doing this a long while back now we did a quick fire get to know each other so we're gonna throw you in the deep end and do the same for yourself just so if anyone does this and they get a idea of where your blaze and hockey knowledge comes from and what you've known as well as I look forward to seeing in the future. No so
3: problem. what
1: was your first game?
3: Uh, my first game was a B and L game back in two thousand and one against Guildford, uh, the Guildford Flames and we won, I believe. Um and I was sitting in block four. I actually told my mum to drop me off and she went, how long does it last? I said, well, the game lasts an hour. Um, and then I had to phone her two hours in and say, actually, uh, it's, it stops and starts, so you might have to pick me up a bit later. So I was going in blind watching my first ever ice hockey game.
1: Brilliant. Um, your favourite game ever
3: then? Uh, there's a few, but they're all kind of playoff related. I think my favourite ever game was the 2007 quarterfinal against Newcastle. So we went up to Newcastle the night before, lost 1-0. And then the next night, they came down, scored on their first shift. Morgan put one in after like 15 seconds. We went 3-0 down, so we were 4-0 down on aggregate. And then we just came back and we fought. And the, the dome was electric that night. And it, was, it probably gives me goosebumps thinking about that game. That was That was a great game. Along with, obviously, the... The Sheffield game and when we were in the playoffs as well that that was that was a big game. But yeah, the Newcastle game that was that was unreal that night.
1: I remember that game. When I was there myself, and they did a retro game of it the week, didn't they, the players? They did. So.
3: Yeah, it was good. It was good to watch it again. Yeah, definitely a lot less stressful really the second time. Really remember anything from the game? I think like adrenaline and excitement took over. So I was like, oh, did that that actually happen? Couldn't remember who scored in it or whatever. But it it, it was just a great game to be at.
1: Definitely. Uh, Favourite Blaze player of all time?
3: Um, back in the day, it was it used to be McNamara, Chris McNamara in our Grand Slam season. But as I've got older and watched more hockey, I really, um, I changed my view and it was actually Graham Slender because the guy did everything for us. He fought, he scored, he played 100% every shift and I think oh, we had him for two seasons and it was kind of a mistake not trying to get him back or whatever happened there but what a player Graham Slender was he he would do anything for you and uh, a big part of our success at that time 100%, 100%. I mean obviously, you know like I think it's easy to say like the ACDC line and that and I loved them. but what Slender brought to the, the the team was unreal for me he brought into the not like, the blue collar
1: mentality of Coventry Hockey where you, you had to be gritty. You, we weren't going to, some win just on talent. We had to force, forcibly win games by getting into dirty areas. He epitomises that for me. Um, next one, favourite Blaze player from last season?
3: Uh, Would have to be Lackanin. Um The guy is what thirty eight now, and as fit as anyone. And his brain on the ice is unreal. He sees a pass before I think anyone else does on the ice. Um, He set up so many goals last season. And he he brought into the blaze. He was very shy when he first came to the club, like in the casino after the games. But he, he, he he got the blaze, the family environment, and he enjoyed himself. And he was a real clutch player in the massive games. Especially Nottingham away, where we were losing with, I think, 30 seconds to go. And he jams one in. And, uh, yeah, what a player. Um, Really privileged to see him last season. Definitely agree with that 100% on there.
1: A bit of a silly question, and it always comes up from myself. (laughs) Were Blaze winning the playoffs this year?
3: Yeah, 100%. I know I'm biased, but... We we were rolling. Um, teams didn't want to play us, and I think we just had enough in the tank, especially with the addition of Mott. Um, I just think in those little one-off games, we we had enough. We had a lot of momentum, and obviously that that game against Dundee where we score in the dying seconds that stays with you into the next games. And um, I would like to I think we would have we would have won it. Um, I think we would have went close with Sheffield, maybe. I think Sheffield had the the forwards to do some damage. I know they were a bit dodgy at the back, but over a one-off game, they could they could win that game. But I think I think we had enough. Definitely
1: had enough to win it. And then one final question, a um, bit of a taboo one around the sport, is to say, does fighting still belong in the
3: sport? Yeah, um, I think we had. I remember three fights last season, the whole season. And then I remember years ago where there could be three fights again. game. I hate stage fights. You know, the back in the days of Alex Penner and Sean McMorrow just doing it off the face off and I'm not interested in that. That's that's just to get some bums on seats. But as the league grew, we didn't need it, we don't require it. But you need to keep players honest. And if there's a bad hit, they need to be they need to show a bit of accountability for it. And I think this season showed that there wasn't that many fights. Because people, the players are a bit more honest. They're also a bit of, have a bit more know-how about there are concussions and CTE issues going on. So they are a bit more clever. But if you take if you take my forward out, I want one of my other players to be saying, "Oi, I'm not having that." So yeah, fighting is very important, and you see it in the NHL. It's it's more prominent in the NHL these days. I think there's been quite a few fights this season, but it's needed because players will take liberties if they're not going to have to answer the bell.
1: Brilliant. To be fair, the the fighting conversation there, we had quite a lengthy chat with uh, Clemo about it last week and he's you pretty much said exactly what Clemo said. Um, I was not anti-fighting. I kind of, in my head, worried about the repercussions following a fight and the stage fighting for me, stage fighting is a lot more dangerous than someone's laid a dirty hit on your forward and another forward step. Use that season, for example, someone lays out Ferrara, Brol steps up, drops the gloves, makes him accountable. But if you man a face-off and three weeks ago, Brol and someone have had a bit of a disagreement and they're planning this fight, that player's mentality, I use Brol as an example for anyone, that player's mentality waiting three, four weeks to go, I'm going to go and fight this person, that can be good for your mental health. Because no. you, you, you don't know what you're stepping up to and, one slip, one heavy punch and, well, you don't want to think about the repercussions really, do you? It's not a nice thought. Um, but from that brilliant cheer, Scott, um, got to know a bit better now from your Blaze background. I'm going to throw it back to Danny now for the league statement.
2: Thank you for all that. Um, yeah, so I suppose it's the one we've kind of been expecting. Um, I think we'd all, in the back of our heads... Knew it was coming, but we didn't want to admit it until we had it officially put on paper. So, um, if for those that are listening who have been living under a rock or have not really been aware of what's going on in terms of the league structure, um, everything was being delayed obviously until a, a, De- a December 5th start date. But as of today, when we're recording this, so we are recording on the Tuesday, the league made the announcement. Um, they have announced obviously that all 10 teams have, annoyed, uh, have agreed and that going forward, the 2021 league season won't be starting. Um, they have, again, they've hung that carrot with a little bit of hope in the statement saying, should things change, teams some teams would need eight weeks to prepare, but it can't guarantee all teams. Um, and again, it mentions in their statement about crowds being a physical part of the reason they need to operate. So they need a 75% to 100% capacity for certain teams to obviously go ahead with that so obviously the full statement will is available online so you can read it i'm not going to read the whole spiel out but effectively they're saying no season um if something does change in terms of fan uh, allowances into arenas then certain teams need, can need an eight week period to obviously get things into place now this has obviously opened up a lot of questions that we've kind of had come in and i know ash has collated them um, and we'll obviously we'll put them out there ash will put it out there and see what they are and we'll just openly talk about what our opinions are on those situations. So the first thing that comes to my, the my interest, and I, and I think obviously speaking off recording um, for the last week or so, we've kind of brought it to the attention of each other. And Scott, I know you've mentioned it um, with Ash. You know, how do you keep the fans in, in interested now? You know, they're going to go a full season potentially without having any ice hockey. Looks like other professional sports could be making a way back into having some sort of fan allowances back in. Uh, I know the rugby games, uh, I think England Rugby in in October are playing Barbarians, and they're having up to 20,000 fans at Twickenham, from what I read, as it stands, unless something changes again. Um, but yeah, over, over to you guys then. Obviously, that's the first big critical thing for us. Obviously, we're a very fan-run league, I'd say, because a lot of teams rely on the fan... Footfall and the bombs on seats. How do you guys keep interest? What would you do from your perspective? You're a hockey team owner. What would you do to keep them interested while it's all quiet? Ash, do you want to go?
1: <laughs> um, I'm just looking at the notes I put down. Um, something what I read earlier, and it's kind of, it's in my head. Um, I think personally, we're gonna. I say we very figuratively speaking, there's going to be a lot of fans who are going to dwindle away from the sport Um, because it's a thing of habit for me. And I know that there was a question sent in via Facebook from um, Michael Doherty. Doherty. Um, I'll come to that in a moment. It's about the risk of getting people back in Um, because a very spin-off of it, he sent us the TV site during lockdown that lost half a million viewers. Now it may seem daft we talk about ice hockey, but free senders you get a cup of tea, you get a chocolate biscuit, and you sit your backside on the sofa. It costs nothing, irrelevantly. But to go to hockey, I mean, it's cheap enough in my opinion. I think we get good value for money. But if we can't go there, we go somewhere else because we all work, we all earn pennies, but we all want to spend them. We don't want to keep putting into different things. We want to go out and have meals with families and go to events. So how many people are going to turn around and go, right, I'm not going to hockey this week. I'm going to go to Solly or Morse football as a loose thing, or Cov City football when we can have fans. Um, going to go to some games instead. And then in whether it's February 21 or August 21, September 21, these fans who start going to other things, have got to make a decision. But at that point, they don't enjoy ice hockey as much. Because they've been going to something different. So that everything becomes their like, top, top thing to do on a weekend with their family. So I, I think there's going to be, in a personal opinion, it's going to be a very scary 12 months for the sport. Not just for Blaze, but the league in general. Um, I don't know how anyone else feels on that. Um, if you want to interject in? Um,
3: well, for myself, I've kind of had... It's not the same because the season wasn't cancelled, but I'm a, I'm a massive Coventry City fan as well. And uh, I had a season ticket uh, from a, a young young kid to um, to when we moved to Northampton, and we we used to run a barge from the old ground to the new ground, where we would have a few drinks, etc. And we were spending probably a hundred quid a day on going watching Coventry home games because we were we were making a day of it. All the boys were doing it, and then bang, we go to Northampton. Um, quite a few of us. I've never had a season ticket since. As much as I love Coventry City and I'll go to as many games as I can, you do find other things to do. And if you've got a missus and she's at home and she's like, well, you haven't been doing that for the last season. Why do do you need to go do it again? Not saying that happens, but it is. They get used to you being at home. You get used to doing other things on a Saturday, whether you go and watch Soccer Saturday in the pub. uh, You find other things to do with your money. And as much as we don't like, say, ice hockey is a minority sport, and we, you need to keep it in people's sports because if you lose two hundred fans in football, it's not so much a big thing. But if you lose two hundred fans in ice hockey, then then that means the difference between signing a better player. Um, so for me, like, I hope the elite league are more vocal on social media and the plans and what they want to do if if February is going to start. I think hope, I would like to see some sort of deal with free sports showing some old playoff games just to keep it in um, people's minds. Uh, I, am, I am worried because season tickets sales aren't massive in all clubs and they do rely on the footfall of floating fans and people will find other things to do. So I'm, I'm hoping that the Elite League are active on social media, the clubs get together and have a chat i've been really impressed with cardiff devil's bob Cowman. he's a he's a very impressive g m uh, i know there are rivals but he's very open and he talks to the fans and th- th- they've been very honest and i think they will be a real footlight in get everyone together to try and get some sort of just keep just just keep everyone in the back of their minds you know that hockey is still a thing and I, i'm all for a february tournament Um we don't know how other european leagues are going to go because i think that france started but then they cancelled games and we don't know how that's going to go so they might have went preempted it too early and they're going to lose all their players so we'll just see on that one but yeah i just just a lot of social media content and keep everyone engaged is what I hope for.
0: Well, I'm hoping, you know, obviously we're saying like um, that uh, fans could disappear. Uh, Obviously sponsors as well. That's going to be a key one as well because obviously the amount of money the sponsors throw into the club and all the clubs around the league. Um, But I'm, I'm really hoping that it's like when Coventry first come to Coventry, if you know what I mean. So when uh, we were Soli or we came to Coventry in 2000. You know, you look at the crowds we were getting in the early 2000s, you know, it was packed out every week, sold out. You know, it was like three, fourfold around the edge of the arena. That's That's what it used to be like, you know. Could we see something like, you know, fans have missed it that much that they want to, you know, oh, God, we've missed the hockey. You know, should we go, you know, we we get back into it because they haven't had it for so long? Or is it going to be a case of, like you say, Scott and Ash, like people have moved on now. They've found other things to do. Like you say, you've just got to find that balance in making sure that you're keeping the fans engrossed still, keeping them close to the club, you know, keeping them involved you know, doing the shirt raffles that they're doing at the moment. You know, they're keeping it going. So, I mean, I really hope that somewhere along the line, hopefully we can get something in February, like you said, Scott, That um, get a little quick little tournament going, get losing the cobwebs ready for a nice start in September and um, go and get the uh, start bringing the crowds in and getting the league title that we want and win the playoffs that we should have won, you know. So hopefully get some more fans back and fill the Skydome again. So that's my thoughts.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of see it from both perspectives, if I'm looking at it as black and white. So from the perspective that, like, Ash and Scott, I've just mentioned, and Scott, you made a very good point, you know, with the Coventry thing, I can kind of relate to that. So obviously I've said it before, what I used to do with the club voluntary, um towards the end of not the season just finished the season before um my wife was heavily pregnant she was due to obviously have our son so i took the last i want to say six weeks of the season off i didn't you know i said i said to the club um i'm not i'm not going to come down anymore obviously if she's due to go at any moment last thing i want to be doing is rushing round from here or not because i can't have my phone on me not be able to obviously to pick that up and miss miss obviously a very eventful moment so obviously I knocked that on the head for six weeks. Then the playoff weekend came around. And I missed that as well, which I, I've always done. Then it came the summer, and I, I, obviously you get into the habit over the summer. You do. You, you know, you get your Sundays back, as as we used to say here, that you can go out, you can you can plan a day. You know, you can get up, you can I don't know, go over to Stratford, for example. I'll just use that hypothetically, because that's what we used to do. Enjoy your stay in Stratford. You're not clock watching. I'm not sat there going, oh, I need to be back home at this time to get this ready to leave, to get there. You know, for me, obviously, it was, I was getting there a lot earlier than fans. I get that. But I got so used to that. So when the season did come round at the start of last year, um, the COVID season, as we'll call it, it took me a while to get back in the habit. And then when it came to Christmas, and again, I think I said, look, over Christmas, New Year, first one, I'm not going back. I'm not coming to do games over that period. At that point, that was where my decision and my my mind came that I wasn't I wasn't going to continue doing the voluntary stuff obviously with them anymore. I said if they needed anything from me at any point, and, you know, if it was a short moment, and they give me enough time, if the season was to have gone ahead, and they said they needed me to step in the shoes again of obviously doing Scorch, I would have said yeah happily. But as a full time kind of thing, as I was referring to it as, I was like no, nah, I'm not I'm not keen on that anymore so I get it I got so used to obviously having a Sunday off and obviously with the new addition to the family it it you do find a new way of living life and I get what you're saying Scott obviously you got so used to obviously not having to travel to Northampton you know there's no football games on you know if you've got couples and kids and whatever you know everybody's got a family you find something to do instead and then you realize that that becomes your new norm so I get that and it is a quite a How do you juggle it? How do I do this? How do I do that? But I also get what you're saying, Ross. Hopefully it's like an addiction. Hopefully if people see it that way. Hockey's the addiction for them. That's their outlook going to watch that game on a Sunday. You know, being with the friends in the sky singing, screaming, chanting, you know, enjoying themselves, you know, few beers with the lads, if if your lads and the girls can obviously have a nice little look at a couple of, you know, hockey <laughs>
3: men on the ice. <laughs> yeah, however, think, it works. <laughs> all right, for me, um, I know, I know it's just a game, but I'm, I'm absolutely gutted that yeah. this has happened. Um, hockey's more than a game for me, and I, I know it sounds cliche, and it's a they say it's a family thing, but I've got a way up hockey. Um, I met my girlfriend there. Um, Craig Somerton is a media manager. He's one of my best mates. I was his best man last year. Um, I've got a massive group of friends that I meet every Sunday. Um, we go away games together. We we go in a pub before. We, we used to meet at like three o'clock on a Sunday to uh, then go to the game. Now we meet at twelve, and then we're out all day just chatting. I've got my mate, my good mate Lewis. He's uh, who I met through hockey. He's he's moving to Scotland now, and yeah, you know, I'm gutted about that. So. It brings a lot of people together, and I've got friends all around the league. I was in Cardiff last week, and I popped into my mate Jonathan's house for a cup of tea. Doesn't happen in other sports, but especially not in football. You can't, you, you don't get that camaraderie with other teams like where obviously maybe rugby a little bit, but playoff weekend, what a weekend! How in any other sport like eight teams descend on a, a city, and we all just have a laugh. It it's I probably know someone from every other team in the league to talk to, even ask from WhatsApp, on, even through the summer, I'll speak to them regularly. It's just, it's, 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 it's crappy what's going on. Um, so I hope that when we get back to a league, that the, the, the people that miss it that much actually think, I need hockey back in my life.
2: Yeah, 100%. That's what
0: 100%.
1: I'm hoping for. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I was, I was actually
2: looking forward to the season. Sorry, Ash. I was actually f- looking forward to the season because for the first time in five years, I could watch a game <laughs> because I wasn't yeah. dressed up <laughs> as a big fucking dragon, crocodile, whatever it is. Um, you know, I can actually sit and watch a game, and I could see events happening. I wouldn't have to, you know, see people tweeting about stuff and then go, "What? I, when, when did this happen?" And then having <laughs> to find the highlights and then realise it's not even in the highlights because it's not considered a highlight. And you just miss things. And that's why when it comes to what we did, obviously, if you if people have listened back to previous episodes, the gradients, for me, it was a lot harder than probably Ash and Ross had. Because even though they were volunteering as well, they were able to turn around and you know watch the game and go up to their seats. And for me, I would probably get in the first 10 minutes of the first period, none of the second, because I was getting ready for the period break between first and second. And then I'd get ready for put, And then I'd probably get the last 10 minutes of the third so I was getting 20 minutes of a 60-minute game. So I was looking forward to it, and then this comes out today, and I was just like, this is annoying. You know, Sun's now one and a half. He would he took him last year, and he really enjoyed it, obviously. The lights, the fast movement, the, all the colours. Obviously, babies just drawn to that kind of stuff. So this year, I was really looking forward to getting him into it as well and getting him kind of focused on it. If there's a sport I'd like him to play, it'd be that. But again, I'm going to have to wait now an for another year. I might end up with two kids when I do go and watch <laughs> game. <laughs> Who knows? But no, I get I get it exactly. So Yeah, sorry, Ash, I'll cut you off. So
1: No, no, it's fine. I mean, I was going to reckon on what Scott said. Um, I mean, if you said to me two years ago, three years ago, when I go to hockey, I weren't really going for the game as much. I was going for the social interaction. Because we weren't doing as well, it was... You turn up and you go, oh, like you said, Scott, you meet your mates at 12. By the time the game starts at quarter past five, you've had X amount of beers, you've had X amount of conversations. Hockey's just like a, it's just like a coffee after a three-course meal. It's the extra. <laughs> but last season, because we were on that road, that train was going and we weren't stopping at any junction. We were winning a trophy. To lose when they put the thing out today, the statement, I messaged my over at and he said, season's, i think i said suspended um and they're looking forward and she just texts back i'll be quiet when i come in there and i was like what do you mean she went because i know you're going to be so angry and annoyed because it went from being a social gathering to oh, if we didn't win on a sunday towards the end of the season i'd go home and she could sense by my persona that we'd lost because my wife isn't testing sport whatsoever she's if I said to her, I'm playing football with the mate, she's like, OK, don't break her See in a bit. She doesn't like sport whatsoever. So it was, my kind of, it was my get out from... Not get out from the family, that sounds terrible. It was my bit of time out with my mates, watching what I enjoy. We were winning, so it made it even better. And to have that rip from underneath me today, it feels like they've just kind like, of removed a limb. And, I mean, I'm, if they said February, I'm back in February. If they said August, I'm back in August. If they said 2022, God forbid, I'll be back in 2022. So I just love ice hockey. And this, off, this next season, I'll watch anything just to get a, a bite of sport, not a bite of ice hockey. But it's become, it's not just being a fan anymore. It's, it's a full-on habit. And to have that ripped underneath me is just, it's an, I can feel myself getting angry just talking about it because it's just so annoying.
0: It is, exactly
3: i think like with uh, from a selfish point of view as well we had a great team coming back i think it was it was other seasons we'd be like okay well we need to rebuild anyway but we we were putting together a team that knew each other um and got on really well i mean if you go in the casino after the games the players even Come up to the fans and spoke to them, and they they wanted it to be in Coventry. In seasons past, before that, I don't think there was that camaraderie togetherness. And I mean, I think we could have done big things next season, even challenge challenge for the title. I know other teams might scoff at us, but we had that unit, and like Danny was happy as well. I mean, I think I've I've criticised Danny in the past for some decisions he's made, but he really did a stellar job this year. Uh, so I think in the state of COVID cancelling us I'm a bit upset for selfish reasons of the fact that we, we really had a good strong unit coming back um, and that upsets me as well and the fact that we won't get to see that hopefully if we do get a season going again they, these players do want to come back but it, it, there's no guarantees
0: No, I mean it would be great to get as many back as we could you know, obviously like you said we're getting the the team back um, the chemistry is already there you know that it just, we were, we, we just looked quality. You know, obviously, uh, a, a few of them were leaving, but who were, you know, what, who were we actually getting back? You know, were we getting like three quarters of that team back? If we did, fantastic because of the, the cause already there. You just got to make them find adjustments to get the players that have departed. But like you say, we, we were just, we were going to be that team that was going to start, start the season off rolling because we were well-gelled, well-organised from having the same players that we did last season, you know. But hopefully, fingers crossed, we can get most of them all back for next season. So, I mean, obviously, some of them are on a two-year contract, did not they? Um, so, hopefully, fingers crossed, we can get... I mean, I'd love to see Mott back. Obviously, getting Mott back was amazing. You know, everybody... It, Everybody on social media, it was just like, oh, my God, we've signed Mott. He's back. He's actually come back because at the end of the season, you're hearing that he's going there. He's going to get big money because how good he is. And then next minute, he's re-signed for the Blaze. And it's just like that well wow signing. And then this has happened. And you're praying to God that he's going to say, I'll tell you what, put me down again for the next season. Oh, I'm willing to stay because I want to stay in Coventry. You know, like you said in the... Um, casino, they're all getting on with each other, they're loving the city, they're loving playing for the club. You know, that's what we want in players. And over the last few seasons, uh, obviously doing like bowling nights and things like that, you get that little feel that some of the players don't really want to be there, some of them are here just for the um university side of things. Um, but Yeah, all in all, I really hope that we can keep most of them moving on to next season and then uh, going for that title run, like you said, Scott.
1: Going on from what you just said, Ross, Clemens said it last week. He was discussing teams from previous and with Blaze and in America and in Canada and everywhere. And he said last season's roster was one of the closest-knit rosters he's ever been on. And they all had each other's back. They wanted to be here. And they all, want, they're on that train and they're all going in the same direction. And, well, Clement said last week we were winning the playoffs and we are going to push the league title as well. So, I know I've used the words what if a lot
3: over the last few weeks, but what if? It's <laughs> what kind if of like even it? when, uh, like Jamie Phillips, obviously it didn't work out with Jamie Phillips. And goalies, it's all about... It's all about mini percentages and the way they act. And if Mott's happy in Coventry and he's doing well, he will do well. But if he weren't happy in Coventry, he would let goals in. And goalies need to be kept happy. And uh, Jamie Phillips was well liked in the dressing room. Uh, it just didn't work out in Coventry. And but when bringing Mott in, it, it changed the season, and Mott was well well received. So I think there was a just a great unit with with the guys last year. Um, so, I think with Mott, hopefully he goes and plays, keeps playing, but then has us in the back of the head that, oh, actually I could go back to commentary and maybe get a trophy. I'm
2: hoping so. I am hoping so. And that's the question then, obviously, that everybody's asking: What do the players do now? Do they do they take the risk and do a temporary contract with somewhere? On the basis that they're playing some sort of hockey, um, do they hang out just in case February is a, a more ideal situation? But then, if that doesn't come about, well, you know, they're a bit scuppered. It's it's the questions. Obviously, obviously, it's not for us to worry about it to an extent. But I do feel for the guys like your Venuses and your Clements. You know that they for them it's you know Coventry Blaze through and through for them. Obviously, we had Clem on last week. And Venus is obviously just had his testimonial year. Can they go abroad somewhere and do a couple of you know games? Keep the legs going, keep the you know kind of momentum that they had. Uh, even Ferrara. Um, but then the problem is if you go, if they go, and then they go and have an absolute stormer of a couple of games, so you run the risk of letting them go off and you know those teams signing them. It's such an uncertainty about players now, and not just the players, you know they can go on and, and potentially play over games, but you gotta think of the you know the staff as well, so the guys that don't really see you see much around games, so you're off rice people like your your Robs and your Craig and all them guys like how does the club afford to keep them in the situation you know talking about blazing this situation you know they are just as important off the ice as the guys that do the shifts on the ice and, you know, the coaching Mm -hmm. stuff. And if the club struggle, because obviously now the club's got to be thinking, right, we've sold X amount of season tickets at X amount of cost. You know, we've got X amount of sponsors in at X amount of cost. That was going to be a large sum of the, the, you know, maybe the first few months of the season um travel arrangements for getting the import guys in things like that that's that I assume that's how it all works you know those those bits of money that are dripped into the club from sponsors and and season tickets pay the day to day stuff that needs to be done behind the scenes it's it's pretty obvious that's a, that's how a normal business would work it but then if that money's not coming in from the footfall that would normally be happening around this time of year what do you do with the the office guys and that's the concern for them and I, I feel for them just as much yeah. as the players, because at least with the players, the player, you know, no disrespect to any of the players, at least they know that, that if the European league does start up, they can go and try their trade there, you know, just to keep the momentum going, just keep a bit of money coming into them, you know, but people like Ethan Keynes, Kit Men, you know, Rob Coleman, Craig, um, you know, I can't think of anybody else off ice, that, you know, even Danny and, and Kino, what are they going to be doing behind the scenes now to make sure that they've got their kind of income coming in? Cause they've got families, they've got, you know, houses to support. And I know that's not our situation, but I feel for them because the job security now is a bit up in the air. So that's where my first thought went to when the announcement came out, not the players. Cause I knew that they could always go somewhere. It was those guys. And you want to reach out to them because you know them to an extent and you want to say, look, Everything's going to be okay, but you don't want to because it's still fairly raw because it was only earlier today. So you're then in a situation. I want to speak up and help them and I want to talk to them. And then the mental health comes into it as well. Obviously, it's a difficult situation with COVID. Everybody's had it the last few months. They're now going to experience it because of this situation for maybe the next three, four, five months until we get a definitive answer. So I feel for them most.
3: Yeah, I agree. I'm hoping that, uh, obviously, because of the the West End and all that, that's closed down, that obviously the government take into consideration these sort of things, and the furlough scheme could be extended in certain areas, but I'm not a politician, I don't know, but hopefully we are given some sort of breather, but who knows.
2: Yeah, that's it. And hopefully if they do extend something, they can be added to it yeah. To to obviously support them through it. Even if it is the, the continuation of the eighty yeah. percent. At least then they know they can put food on the tables to keep the, the house. You know, that's the uncertainty that they're now facing, which is is a horrible thing to, to face. Nobody wants to go through that regardless of who you are. You know. But it's them that I like I keep referring to it, it's them. It's them that I feel most for. Yeah. So Ash, have you got anything else on that? Um
1: no, really what you've said about the off-ice team they're just as important as the on-ice team Um, sometimes they don't get the credit they deserve um, because let's be honest and I'm not just saying this because obviously Craig's got his best mate but our media is the best in the league by a country mile, and another country on top of that whatever Craig does media wise is unreal and we are very lucky as Blaze fans because every announcement is fun every package was sent out is to the point it's concise it's spot on if you ask 10 questions you get 10 answers he just is awesome with it and thing is like you said they've got to put food on the table um, they've got to pay bills got to pay mortgages what if someone comes to craig now i'm using this very figuratively and said oh we can give you a full-time job now but you gotta stand in a week's time not only do we lose hockey but in the same breath our media package say he goes and works for, I don't know, some bank somewhere, and he goes and works there, and media package then drops. So when we do get a season back, before, whenever plays put something out, people are like, wow, Blaze have gone above and beyond yet again from their media. If it goes to, they just put in little statements out, like other clubs, I won't name clubs, um, where you just get, we've signed uh, Sydney Crosby," you're not engaged by it. That stops fans picking their, Wallets up and going, I'm gonna go and watch this game now, because I've watched the media, I'm excited by it. They've enticed me in, they've dragged me through that door. And we've said previously, we all go to hockey because we love it. Sunday nights were a way of getting away from reality, going to hockey. But if it's not sold you well enough, like we all we've mentioned previously about Fife, for example, where it's, well, it always seems empty. I don't understand in my own head but I don't know their profit and loss margins I don't know their overheads for the season but I don't see how they survive personally and it's I'd like to see 10 teams back in next season but I think there's got to be a lot of support coming from somewhere um, like the furlough scheme for example otherwise could we get another sort of Super League where it's 5-6 mm. teams and we're playing Sheffield 96 times a season Still one less time than they play Nottingham, but still um it's
3: I do think that like um w- when we do get a season back there'll be a lot of people that'll be jumping at the bit like, obviously I know Ashley do the 50-50s and that but I mean I've I've goal judged, I've commentated, I've been on I'll do anything I'll do anything for the club and I think uh like I think a lot of us will when we get back to the season that whatever the the club needs, I think, we will help out in any way we can to get the season going again and get competitive ice hockey back. So uh, um, we do. Miss, we, we, we will miss it. But I think the, the guys that want to volunteer, they will. And they'll, they'll go back to the blaze and say, we can help in any way. 100%. 100%.
1: I've already, when it first got curtailed last season, I did message Rob Coleman and said, look, is there anything we can do to help out? just pick the phone up um, and even if it's oh can you just run somewhere at 8 o'clock at night, he knows i will have to jump in the car and do it because if that little 10 minutes my time makes his life easier but it makes the club run better I'll take that 10 minutes every day of the week and twice on Sunday because for me I want the Blaze to be the best team in the league I want the Blaze to win trophies year in year out, yeah we're not going to it's sport It doesn't happen like that in sport. We all know that. Um, But I'll do anything to help them out. And if if they said February and they said, oh, we can only have 80% of fans and you've got X amount of this, X amount of that, I'd be the first person on the phone to Rob saying, what can I do? What can I do to help the club out to get through this short season and then to be better for the full season come September, uh, August, September 2021? And I'm not the only person to do that, let's be honest.
0: No, no, not at all. And do you know the reason why everybody would do that is because we love the club, you know, and when you love a club and love something, you go that extra mile to help out and take it that one step further. And I think that's what, that's what I love about the blaze. You know, we, we all get on as in, uh, with Rob, uh, with Craig. So, you, you know you 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 do that extra extra bit for them just to help them out, and you drop the hat. You just say yeah, no problem. Well, I'll, I'll sort that for you. No problem. You know, can you like you said, Ash? Can you take this somewhere? You know, you would just do it, wouldn't you? Because it's just the type of people we are, because we love the club.
3: Yeah, yeah. We, we've all, I uh, we've I, done took a, I took a I took a mate to the ice hockey a couple of seasons ago. He'd never been before. And obviously, it was probably about 1,800 in that game. And we walked round the ice and said hello to a load of people. And he tapped me on the shoulder and went, do you, do you know everyone here? And I'm like, well, we we pretty much do. I went, oh, we, we all know each other. We all say hello to each other. I said, "We well, it's a small fan base, but we just, we just love this club. And that's it. Yeah, there's,
2: there's many people I've spoken to. And I look at them and I'm like, I know you, and I'm talking to you, and <laughs> we are getting on. But for the life of me, I don't know your name. And it's, not because, it's Not because you're rude, yeah. and you don't know them. You do know them, but you know them as so and so from block, yeah. whatever, seat, yeah. whatever. Now, yeah. Like for me, for years at the at obviously at the north end, I know them now. Obviously, I know that it's Scott's. I think it's Scott's mom. Is it Ange? She stands at the top end.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. are um, hanging on
2: the glass. Oh my god
0: for years I
2: was talking to her and I didn't even have a clue who she was, it was only probably two seasons ago I realised that she was related to Scott <laughs> <laughs> no, little things like that and then obviously Ross, you know, weirdly enough, I, me and my dad got into ice hockey because of Rachel obviously you're related to Rachel so yeah. things like that are just like pure coincidence, so we're being dragged around the rink from Rachel back in the old B&L days when Jaguar used to sponsor us and you had the Coventry Crusaders was the basketball at the same yeah. time so she took yeah. us to both I was like nah my ice hockey's is more my thing it's more physical <laughs> I could do that <laughs> um, and it just steamrolled from there and obviously now looking back obviously I'll always walk past where she sits in block 12 and I'll abuse her in a nice way not any other <laughs> way <laughs> and then I'll come round to you and I'll say I guess what I've just done <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just the banter you know you can go up to Sophie in block 8 um, she hates obviously the dragon And I'll wind her up like that. But then I can have a full-blown conversation with her as I'm walking out the rink, you know, packing everything away. And that's what it's like. You know, I don't know Sophie from anybody else. Um, She's not, like, related in any way. She's not someone I've known for years. I literally know her through the ice hockey. But I can have a full-blown conversation with anybody in that rink because we all love that same team. You know, even now, as much as, obviously, I've said, I've got in the habit of not going to games with, obviously, my situation I mentioned earlier... I'd still turn around, like I said a moment ago, I, just, I want to text them and say, look, anything you need, let me know. Because that's the type of guy I am as well. You know, I, if, I would like to think that people would like to help me out if I was in a sticky situation. Because I know why I certainly would. And I think that's what we're all like. You know, Ash has yeah. obviously mentioned being told at a certain time of night to go and pick, you know, something up. I remember getting a text a few years ago. Oh, do you mind, uh, do you mind dropping down to, uh, to Heathrow for us and picking up a player? Yeah, no problems at all, mate. Not a problem at all. Um, to get there and find out, you've got about seven bags and 14 sticks. I'm like, geez, i am going to get in this car? If I'd have known that, I'd have just pack up and bought a bigger car. <laughs> but that's what you do. Like, you, you, you don't ask questions. It's like, you're so eager to help and then you get something in front it, you, you're like, yeah, I'm doing it. And then it's only when you probably get there and see what they've got, you're like, uh, yeah, this ain't going to work. Whatever. <laughs> Why am I doing this? Yeah, at well, what point did I think I'm going to do this? Why did I not ask what kind of luggage he's having. Obviously he's, got all his, he's got all his clothes, he's got all his hockey kit, he's got all this. And all I've got is a little car. <laughs> so, uh, I- ironically, the player I picked up left about two months of the season starting. So, i left <laughs> I can't remember who it was. Do, who, was the, who was the guy that uh, his brother played for New Jersey Devils? He came in... That oh, Zajac. Darcy Darcy
1: Zajac.
0: He's
1: war number nine. Had a yeah. fight with... Uh, oh... Jonathan Boxall for yeah. Belfast, and one of the only games he played, he, he laid someone out in the corner, and Boxall jumped in at him. I remember that. And yeah, he left oh, through the season. Boxall was by...
3: very, very good at
2: that. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, and he was replaced by, I believe, Taylor Carnavale, who again was released.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I just remember picking him. up. I remember picking him up at that point. I had a little little fiesta. So you can imagine, obviously, trying to get all the stuff in the back of that. <laughs> and then there's him <laughs> cramped in the front. Because I've said, look, you're going to have to pull your seat far forward for me to get this all in. And he's literally cramped in the front. <laughs> he's like six foot, seven, cramped in the front. <laughs> so really if you ever cr- hear,
1: cr- in years to come, that- <laughs> Darcy Ajax life story goes, I remember going to commentary and some dude picks me up in a little fiesta. <laughs> and mean. my knees were in my throat the whole journey. We know it's true. It, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: it couldn't have been that bad. He couldn't have been that uncomfortable. Because within about two minutes of getting on the M1, he fell asleep. I was <laughs> like thanks mate you know, I've not been up since four this morning waiting to come down and get you oh, 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 I need a coffee <laughs> nah, that's what you do yeah you, you do you, you, anything comes at you at a dropout you're like yeah I'm there even last season towards the end of it Rob knew I was leaving I think the last ever event I did uh, was at a Wasps game and I know some Coventry City fans won't like that and I'm sorry, that's just the way it goes in sport. Some teams have affiliations with others. Um, I've got so much stick for that, by the way. Um, no comment. <laughs> I used to get so much stick when I used to put a tweet out on the sports account Then I was like, a Wasp game or a Wasp event. Oh, I'm just doing what I'm asked. There's nothing to do with me. But again, it was literally, do you mind coming to this? I think COVID it just kind of cases have started to creep up. It was the weekend before the league got shut down. So we were at the Wasp game that weekend. We had like a little thing set up in their fan village and we're wearing masks, we've got hand sanitizers, we kids are obviously playing with the, the sticks and the, the ball, and they're taking shots at the net and they can win tickets to the games, ironically. I don't know how they're going to claim those now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's the last event I did, but literally that came to me at the last minute, like, can you can you just come and help us at this event? I was like, a scorcher, like, if we need you to Scorch, yeah, but as you, really. So there was me, Rob and Gemma at this event just cracking on. And we did that because we enjoyed it. You know, they offered me a ticket to go and watch the rugby afterwards. I was like, I'd rather go home. I'm absolutely knackered. <laughs> I've been up for whatever time I've been set up in the fan village. It's now two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm going home for a nap. <laughs> but yeah, that was the last event I did it with them. And that was literally dropped at me the Thursday before. That was on the Saturday. So that's how quick I would turn and say, yeah, I'm up of it. But it's one of them, isn't it? Like we all mm. know someone at the club. You know, Scott, you you know, Craig. you, know, you were his best man. Um it's so obviously if he comes calling for anything, I'm sure you'd be there at a drop of hat. Ash yeah.
3: It's yeah.
2: me, Ash, Ross, we know you know Rob and we'll always always be there for obviously anybody if they come calling for us. But
3: <laughs> what um I was just thinking, obviously, with the season ending, but um, like players like Matt Myers, who's thirty-five at the moment, and obviously he still probably wants to play ice hockey, and you got Robert Dowell with a young family.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, can you see them continuing with in maybe Europe or? Uh, there, obviously, we we're in the top top group of. Uh, world ice hockey, and I mean, I was, I was fortunate enough to be in Budapest when we, we got promoted In that that crazy game, yeah. and you, Matt might has broke down. Um, Matt might has started, being our hockey in the season I first started watching. So, it would be a bit of a shame if it, if if this is the way he goes out. I mean, I hope he don't, but there's also that 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 that's a bit of a concern for the the British ice hockey scene. That what do these Brits do?
1: This is something that I've racked my head round for weeks, and I still can't find the right answer. very much like you just said, Scott, I'd be gutted if Matty Myers left the sport now, um, yeah. because he's he's the player you love to hate. He's an absolute pain in the backside. He always scores bloody goals against us, and he's but he's that wrong side of thirty-five, isn't he? Does he turn around and say, "I've got a full-time job. I can walk away now." let the body heal up, and orders he go I want more, one more gig, Can he, would he get a job abroad in somewhere like France or Germany when you've got a massive pool of players available? Because, obviously, the elite league's not the only league that's cancelled. Would he drop down to the NIHL and play down there? But then if he does that, does it stunt the growth of younger British players? It's... <sighs>
3: The the the, the N um, I H L thing. Planet Ice have said there'll be no hockey till January at least. So mm. will they? They go ahead? I I don't know. I'm not. I don't know much about the N I H L. So if anyone else does, that'd be great. Would Would they consider a a short season? Have they muted anything out?
2: There's nothing coming from anything in the N I H L. But the, the the catch there is, and this is the bit that makes me question why they've released such a statement because they've said there'll be no senior men's ice hockey, professional or otherwise, until it's safe to do so. However, I used to play rec hockey and, I'm, and still speak to the guys who play. They're in back training, they're allowed to train and they're allowed to book games now. So how okay. are they able to book games? I know they don't rely on footfall from fans, so there's, there's yeah. ticket interest, but how can they still allow those to go ahead When, you know, people like Milton Keynes and, you know, Blaze and Manchester could find an alternative to to bring in some sort of revenue to obviously generate them playing at at a senior level. I know that they said about the webcast and I think Kalman touched upon it in a question and answer thing he did on Twitter last week. He said webcasts wouldn't be feasible because you can have one person walk into a game and pay £17, but that one person in a household can have six people around and they only pay £10. And I get what he was yeah. saying. I just don't think they looked at it as a wider spectrum. I get that they can have one person with potentially five other people with the group rule of six now um, at the house watching the game. However, you've got to think maybe when a game was on you're only getting, I'm just saying freezy maths, you are get in 25 households actually physically walking into a game and 10 households at home. Now you get in the original 10 you got at home, but then you're probably getting 15 of the 25 that were the original footfall walking in. So you'll get in 250 pounds worth more from your webcast. It's still money in the back pocket. So could they have done that? I think they've ruled that out too early personally. I don't think they've looked hmm. at the numbers properly. They might have done, I don't know. But for me, when they're saying, oh, well, you can have one person with six people at £10 and you only get one £10, yeah, fine. But you're getting more because there are other people that would have been at games now watching the game at home and paying £10 that way. So it balances it out. Yes, you're losing revenue, but in the short term, would you not have some sort of money coming into your back pocket? You know, Why could you know think if, uh,
3: <laughs> I think if Brits, like the Brits, we, uh, we've got half of the jobs going on. Um they could play NHL hockey. Um I was talking to my mate Lewis earlier and he muted the fact that well, if our Brits went and played for Milton Keynes, obviously they only train a couple of days a week and yeah and they offered a, a discount to the like or, or they offered it to the Blaze fans to watch them hockey, they would like to see the Brits play. So they're gonna make some money there. Um I don't know what I've been Milton Keynes, I can't remember what it holds. I've usually had a few beards. but if mm-hmm. if they had like 500 in there, and then they had the webcast, would would people buy it? Um, I think I would. I would have a go. I mean, I've not watched an IHL hockey, but I would I would give it a go, and I think other people would just to get a little bit of a fix. Yeah, that brings I'm the you
2: same. Back to you. Sorry, go on, Ash.
1: I'm the same. If later on I said, "Oh, you can go and watch." Milton Keynes, NHL hockey, just to get that fixed, it sounds like hockey's like my drug of choice. I can't get enough of it. So, mm-hmm. if later on I said, oh, you can go and watch NHL hockey, you can go and watch Milton Keynes, and then in my head I'm going, ah, Milton Keynes, so you've got Russ the ex-Blaze player, for example, there's the captain there getting that fix it's getting that little bit that drug in your system to go yes i've got it i feel good now let's and then before you know it you go Oh, milton keynes are home next week oh what am i doing next sunday oh nothing because i'm playing i'm going milton keynes again and it's it then curve flows down and carries on and before you know it, you're watching milton keynes every week just get your fix but it keeps you ticking over but as for what planet eyes have said about the first of january and that's what the league says we know as well we only know what we've seen on the internet and at the minute that's not very much is it yeah.
2: But going back to the original um, thing that obviously you said there Scarf. so with, with the people like Matt Myers he's at that age, he's at that crossroads it's probably something he's already considering because it's not just something you make overnight yeah. it is a difficult decision for him now and I think what Ash you said was you don't want him to go out on the back of the, this kind of situation. I think Matty Myers, from what he he he's very he's a good player and he's a very leaves it all out on the ice player. But I think he he doesn't like the spotlight from what he's been like at Nottingham and Devils.
3: No.
2: Um. So I think if he was if he was to sit down if he was having a conversation tonight with his family saying look this is the perfect opportunity for me to just kind of announce that unfortunately with everything going on, it's going to, I'm going to be a year older. I'm going to be 36, 37 or whatever it'll be when it potentially comes back. This is the perfect opportunity for me to step away. He, he would probably take that because he doesn't like that. I, I, I picture him as a, he doesn't like the limelight. But then the other question for us is Yanni. We said earlier on, Scott. You mentioned him, obviously being one of your favourite players from the team. Yeah, thirty-eight. Did you say he was?
3: I think he is, or he is, will will be. He's definitely around that mark.
2: Yeah, definitely the the question. Um, you you've got to take into consideration that does he? Do we if we had a contract on the table for him, is he now thinking, what do I do? You know, yeah. he's not getting younger. We all know that, but. <laughs> It's it throws up so many players' uncertainties now. Even well, got, like,
3: like Robert Dowd, as far well. he's got a young family, and yeah. Can just I mean he did I know he went to Sweden and he was younger, a bit younger, and it was a it was a. I think he went to Troya, did he? Um, yeah. So there are other options, but does he does he want to do that? Like he's got a family. And it's not. It's it, like I I wouldn't just uproot for a season ah. I, I couldn't leave couldn't leave the family in that so it, it's, it's 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 tough on those guys and if we're going to have a world championship next year what, what are we going to have we'd, we'd probably have to forfeit if we didn't have a a, a team we, we we couldn't send kids there it would be uh, it would be 30 nil. yeah
2: it's, it, it opens up so many questions doesn't it about what you know the we say, as Ash says it, the what-ifs. You know, what if so-and-so retires? What if so-and-so decides to up sticks and move his family out and then decides he's not coming back? You know, you feel for people like Dowd because he's in that situation. He's like, I've got this family. I want to bring in revenue in. Do I up them and move them over with me? Or do I go and do a Micka Wickman situation? Just, it's just me for a certain period of time. Yeah. And then move them if it if it becomes more permanent but there's a lot of things that happen there that a lot of people don't think about they think oh yeah that's easy do that doesn't get to see the you know the family doesn't get to see obviously the the kind of important moments which as much as men will put on the brave face and say oh i'm a dad yeah yeah you know it's easy Uh, we we do enjoy those moments and without going off on a tangent if someone turned around and said they're a new dad and they didn't want to see their kids take their first steps, say their first words, do this, do that, you know, endowed in that situation, he's he's not going to want to pass up any of that opportunity just to put, go play a game of hockey.
3: What what did encourage me earlier is uh, one of the Cardiff Devils owner tweeted. I mean, the Cardiff Devils owners do like the attention. They do like the videos. and Sometimes I'm thinking, oh god, shut up, but. <laughs> They're very vocal. And Brian Parker tweeted, the Cardiff Devils will be ready to play in whatever format is available to us whenever that date is set. Our priorities are fans, players and sponsors. Thank you for your continued support. Go Devils. So Cardiff, who have been one of the main fronts of releasing their players, releasing their captain, losing their coach, they're saying, "If, if you want to play in February, we're playing. So that's an encouraging sign for me.
2: Yeah, and that's 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 the little bit of hope that I'm hanging on to. I, I, I don't think I've seen that statement, but I, I did see something from Calvin a very similar, saying whatever the outcome is, we'll we'll be ready when something is available. And they can do it. Nottingham do it. Sheffield can do it. Belfast probably could do it. It's the the teams like us, Fife, Dundee, Manchester. I don't know if I'd class Guildford in there because I don't know what their situation is like. For you know they're there.
3: Guildford have got. They're backed by a quite a rich owner, so oh, I wouldn't right. I wouldn't be worried about them.
2: Yeah, so maybe not them then. But it, us, we like our team. I know we keep referring <coughs> to our team, but that's because all we know. There, that's a concern for me. That yes, they might start something up in February, but the, the Blaze aren't going to be getting anything from them for another, t- you know, from mm. now till whenever we do get some sort of normal season back. Even if they do this thing with February. And run a short tournament up till June, July, like they mentioned, you're still losing 12 months of revenue for the team. And that's not going to help a situation that's already lost out on what we are we in now, week, well, sorry, week, but six, seven of, yeah. of coronavirus. So, you know, near enough 20 months of no revenue for a club, it's not going to go well. And that's the concern for me as a fan. <laughs>
1: Thing is, as well, you say about the revenue and stuff, and um, just from my own personal thing, when the club started putting out the retro games and the podcasts and the shirt raffles and stuff, i have been honest, the first few shirt raffles 50 50, I was spending anything between five and 15 quid a go, Because I was like, yep, yeah, let's have the club as much as possible. As it's gone on, and obviously, my situation has changed with job and stuff and being at home more and bills being higher so I'm sat in the house 24-7 work from home. I've gone from buying five or ten tickets to two to three because it's what I can afford. How many of people in the same boat as me and doing that? And I want to help as much as possible but there's only so far I can do. So, unless we're more within how do we so I feel, in my head, I feel terrible, so I'd like to put more in. But if I put an extra five, six goes in, I don't feed the kids one night for the week. <laughs> You've got to wait off, haven't you?
3: It's uh... I would Even like I'm... to see, um, instead of an individual club 50-50, I would like to see an elite league 50-50. Because if you looked at Sheffield the other week, Sheffield have got a massive fan, fan base. They are a powerhouse in this league. Their 50 50 was into the thousands. I think Bray had one for 60 quid. So let the league run one. All, all the clubs plug it. And then fans will buy. And then they can divvy out the money. Yeah, split the money. Yeah. <sighs> because every little helps. And I'll buy, I'll buy a ticket for that. If I've got a chance to win it in a couple of grand,
2: I'm going to do it. Yeah. Especially when there's fans like Guildford who, I'm just using them as an example, when the playoff jerseys go up, <laughs> there always seemed to be stupidly amounts And yeah, Yeah, Guildford
3: <laughs> Guildford's social media is pretty much non-existent. The, the fans just go to the games, turn up, enjoy themselves and go home. Guildford end their 50-50 at the end of the first period. They don't even sell into the second period. They don't care. Money's there. So they'll just buy a ticket. Even if they chuck a couple of quid in, it's fine. I, I would like to see the Elite League just do a... You know, like, playoff weekends, how much it earns with well, only 8,000 people in there. Just yeah, get... And just divvy it out. I think that would help help the league.
1: That's a really good idea, to be fair. <laughs> that is something I've never thought of until think about it now until you mentioned it. and That would actually... That'd be spot on because it'd make a decent revenue for all 10 clubs, which mm-hmm. is the, the yeah. main issue now um, because... I know Dundee have said they're not going to play till next August September, um, yeah. I believe five said the same. That's a long time for them to keep ticking over. Um, I know they're probably going to have skeleton staff and stuff, but with no income, money doesn't go a long way.
3: Yeah, especially because Pasha's on a three-year deal as well. So
1: yeah. Saying, just going slightly back, and we've said about different players like Brits leaving and Imports leaving. I'm going to come to Imports leaving in a minute. Danny Stewart, what's saying? He comes back next season. Mm -hmm. He's he's, he's a coach, he's not a player, so age is kind of irrelevant. But He's got a young family. Um, What if his head plan was, I'm going to do next season, this season, what's not, and then go back to Canada with my family because um, I want my kids to grow up in a Canadian school or something um, what happens to him because then we lose say we lose Luke for to a team in Germany and he goes out there and tears it apart and they offer him a better deal he stays out there, we then lose loads of imports but then we lose our coach yeah we can replace players, but I feel in my own head it's probably a lot harder to replace a coach um, especially in a league, which is a minority sport, we're not asking a coach to come over and manage Man United Football Club or Man City or Liverpool we're asking someone to come to coach an elite league team, which is one of ten in a minority sport in Great Britain Where do we go? Uh,
3: I would hope that, obviously Danny's on a contract, so he is w- employed by the club, so furlough will come into account on that, but I hope that at some point then they get answers from the government in what they can do. Uh, but yeah, it's a valid point, but hopefully I think the furlough ends end of October. So hopefully we can get something going on between them to keep Danny in some sort of employment. But I don't know. It's just, uh, it's like a, like a
1: little worry in the back of your head. You think, what if, I mean, i We've said it tons and times. We're all good it because we were winning the playoffs last season and the train was rolling into this season. Um, but, yeah, a what-if. But I'm, I'm going to go back again slightly. Um, losing the Brits abroad, I think, is 10 times worse than losing the imports, personally, because there's such a big pool of imports. It's like, let's be honest, in the league last season... Um, and when he left Nottingham, I was not exactly shocked because I'd said in about February that guy's going to end up in Europe or back in America because he's too good for the Elite League, in my opinion. But then I know Scott's got a bit of a differing opinion on that. So I did throw that in for, for yourself, Scott.
3: Um, I think with Sam Hur, he, he he could win a game hands down. But if he was especially towards the last two months of the season he thought he was untouchable and if he got checked there was a there was a bit of a paddy and uh i think that at some games he he checked out a little bit and he he wasn't interested i don't think you can build a team around that sort of player i'm going to bring it back to a bit like with the blaze when we had ryan Janand. he scored a lot of goals I wouldn't have had him back the next season because he had that same sort of attitude that I am, I am the team. And, um, I just thought Sam, sometimes he was, I'm, I'm invincible. I mean, don't get me wrong. he done us over in a game, but when Nottingham made the changes they, they, they made earlier in the season, it benefited the team. So I, I've got to give kudos to Tim uh, Tim Wallace on the changes he made, because when he made the changes, every import they signed made a difference to that team. So I don't think Nottingham should be worried about their recruitment, about replacing Sam Hur next season, because they picked out players that will benefit them. So I just thought Sam Hur thought he was Mr Nottingham. A bit like how Gary Moran thinks he's Mr Nottingham. <laughs> and uh, maybe spent too much time with him. Just, just my opinion, but they not can, can replace somehow. I know they've only won one league title in how many years, but they are—they are a big club, and uh, they will—they—they they will always attract players.
2: Yeah, yeah, they definitely will. And you're right; they there are plenty of fish out there in the big pond of North America that they can bring in to replace her, who will probably not bring as many goals, probably say if, if they contributed 75% of the goals that herded. Yeah. You know, but he, he bought he more
3: 30 goals. Actually.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But he, if they brought a guy in the brings 20, 25 goals. So he's bringing in a similar number, but he brings in a little bit more assists and penalty minutes are down and overall he's a team player Into not saying that her wasn't but I get what you're saying yeah if if they brought in that more rounded player then they've probably got more of a package to work with yeah. throughout the whole season going into the next season
3: I think that's a little bit what they did as well because in the back like Corey nilson won Challenge Cups he won one-off games yeah but there there was no season games and I think Wallace with bringing in Golovkos and players like that is what Nottingham needed because they've always had egos, like Galbraith, ego player, and those sort of players. And Sam Her turned into that ego player. And I don't think it brings a unity within. Them. And sometimes that's what you need. And they had a player uh, the year before who never, who never back checked, and I can't remember his name. Uh, he scored a load of goals, didn't bring him back. Uh, what was his name?
1: Uh, I know what you mean. I'm going to Google it now, while like, sat so in front of me. So it was but me like that,
3: sometimes you can't just have some guy just doing everything. It, 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 it doesn't always work. So when Wallace brought in Golovkovs and players like that, and then when he changed it, he brought in to uh, Tucson or whatever his name was, and he brought in players. They changed the team. Every player yeah. that Wallace brought in did really well last year, so Nottingham have got the basis to do well. But I don't think they need the ego. Yeah, they need no, to yeah. run away from that.
2: Yeah, no, and even if you look back over previous years, going back to just for example the Grand Slam year, you know we brought in Wade Beale. They brought in three NHLers. Yeah, Moran, Boynton, Boynton, Callie and McKenna. Carlson. Uh, was Kelly Carlson NHL as well? No, no, it was Boynton. McKenna and Ian Moran. McKenna and then Ian Moran. You know, they brought in three. And they didn't bring in... Like, we brought in... No disrespect to Wade and God rest him, you know. We brought in an NHLer, but not a big name NHLer. But he was an NHLer. Um, they brought in, like, you know, Boston Bruins and, you know, Steve McKenna and Boynton. He was at... Was he at San Jose at the time, I think? I might be wrong. Bruins, you know, wasn't he? Was, it might have been Bruins as well. Bruins, I think he'd, yeah. he'd just been traded then. I knew it was one of the two. Um, I don't know about Moran, but they were, they were, as soon as I heard those names, I was like, great, you know, this league's getting tougher. But what did they do? Tell me anything pivotal from that moment. Apart from Boynton scoring in the, in the final in the playoffs against us, what did they that, do? Slapper.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look <laughs> at last season. They had uh, Chris Stewart, didn't they? Yeah. What, yeah. what did he do?
3: Yeah, no, again, what, you say say
0: that? No
2: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He jumped back up to the the big leagues, but I get yeah, what like... you mean, Ross. Yeah, he did nothing while he was here. It yeah. was not like he, he walked away and he's like, Oh, he's just scored 30 odd goals in, in 15 games. How's that possible? Oh, he's an NHL yeah. player playing in the elite. League. What do you expect? It the wasn't like that.
3: <laughs> the player was Luke, uh, Guptill Alexander, Guptill, Alexander yeah. Guptill, number Guptill, 27, 28 year old, scored goals, uh, but he didn't but I think for a team that's got four lines of hockey, you have to build him into your team. But they didn't bother. And sometimes nothing baffle me in, in what they do. They've, they are big, they're a massive club in this league. Uh, but they've not won enough for me. And uh, they, I think they need to consider that. That's just, just my thoughts.
1: It's obviously talked before we came on air about Tottenham loosely with me being a Spurs fan it's the same with them if Spurs don't win a trophy we become that middle of the pool and we just sit there with your Evertons your Wolves your them sort of teams and you don't do no- nothing, you're not a big team it's the same with Nottingham, they're a big team but if they don't win something your Cardiffs, your Sheffields, your Belfast who win trophies year on year they start to drag away from you and you'll then the fan base will drop the player quality will start to drop. They then become a middle of ground team. They've got, they're a massive club. They've got to win a trophy. There. They've got to start putting silverware in the cupboard.
2: Yeah, the only like for like comparison I can think of, and it's the best way I can kind of, and that you know do an analogy of it is, Nottingham Panthers to the Elite League is Man United to the Premier League. United have always been that big team. You know they won leagues. You know, dominantly when the Premier League first came in up till when was the last one 2013 so they haven't won the league for seven years and i know that's not a long time but think of what they've done as a club in that seven years they've just dropped only last season they kind of towards the end of it started to hit some sort of form that you think if they get a couple of additions they could do something but again with united the comparisons are there nottingham you say you sign all these egos Man United go out and sign Paul Pogba. It was time Ibrahimovic, you know, um, Sanchez from from Arsenal. You know, they sign big name players to to, to recoup the money that they need. Um, and I think Ollie's done really well. And coming from a Liverpool fan, this hurts me to say that he has done really well off with that club because he's got the team working at a good level. Like Mason Greenwood, young lads come through. Yes, he's been in the media recently for stupid reasons, but. Before that, really good. Rashford, I think Rashford at the moment is the best player that United have got, and I think what he's done off the field with the challenging the government on the whole thing is absolutely fantastic. But that's by the by. Again, hasn't got an ego about him. No one in that club has is bigger. Pogba's still there, but again, he's now kind of bought into Oli's philosophies, and I think that's what Nottingham need to do. Going back to them, the They've done that last year, you know. Wallace I has think they started to, yeah. Yeah, Wallace has brought in the players. He knows he can get them to do a job. Um, if this season had gone ahead and last season had been cut, cut short, where were they, fourth? Were they just behind us? Was it in the end, fifth? Something
1: like that? Uh, I believe fifth. It was Cardiff, Sheffield, us, Belfast, Nottingham, Guildford. Then uh, Glasgow, Manchester, Dundee, five, I believe.
3: Yeah. Mm. But I think going forward, Sam Hur leaving them isn't that big of a thing for him because Wallace will build, will replace him with someone towards the back end of that season. Sam Hur thought he was untouchable. And he's not. Every every player can get checked. He, He didn't like it. So I think every replacement Wallace brought in last season was fantastic. And, uh, I think Nottingham, if they if they want to get involved in February, it's been said that they don't. I don't know the facts on that, but I reckon uh, that they they could put a team together for especially for a mini tournament. Yeah,
2: I think. Sorry to sorry to interrupt and digest. Ooh, I'm only saying it because as of six minutes ago, the Blazers put an announcement out. Um, <laughs> I was
0: just about to say this. <laughs> Carry so, on.
2: I'll try and keep it short so just to just kind of summarize. So they've said with the uncertainty of the Elite League ice hockey in the UK, many clubs have said that their contract players that they can pursue other opportunities elsewhere. Head coach Danny Stewart met online with the group that he had already re-signed to inform the players of the message that had been announced earlier today, and set his desire to see them all return when hockey is available in the UK. Thus far the players have announced the return of Schistol, Hamonick, Ferrara, Bra, Bloodoff and Mott, and a number of other players from the successful nineteen twenty roster who had been committed to the club. Danny will be speaking to others with further communications uh, over the next few days. Associate Captain Dave Brawler has informed us that he's signed for a club in North America for a hopeful 2021 season. And the team will be announcing him in a few days. It goes without saying that David is excited to return to Cov and we hope to see him back in a jersey in the near future. We appreciate that many people have a lot of questions following to the announcement today. And we're in the process of establishing platforms that best received and answered these as a club, we want to assure the supporters that we are committed to playing again as soon as possible and the government guidelines allow us to do so. And we want to take the opportunity once again to thank everyone from our amazing fans, sponsors and staff, players and volunteers for their support during the very difficult times. Pretty standard, really. It's kind of what we touched on earlier. <laughs> but they ha- they had to make a statement, though.
3: Yeah. A, positive, a positive statement. Yeah, right? yeah, positive. Yeah. If uh, they turn around and said... Oh, sorry, carry on, Scott. As we... Said earlier, the players really enjoyed the season and it looks like they want to come back. So good good news.
2: Yeah. I think Brawl put on his Instagram within minutes of them announcing it this morning. He he shared the thing and he just said absolutely brutal. And I think that's what he tweeted as well, something along those lines. Yeah, he tweeted, yeah. yeah,
0: brutal, yeah. Thumbs just brutal. down.
2: So he was yeah. that and obviously, you know, going further astray, I know obviously a lot of Blade fans don't like it. But Valley earlier, even he was like, this is...
3: I'm I've seen aware. that,
2: yeah. I won't say the full-on words, but he was clearly looking forward to coming back next year because he'd signed a two-year deal last year. So this would yeah. have been his second year back with Sheffield. Um, so everybody enjoys the league um, across every club. Um, and I think it's, it's what we touched on earlier. Obviously, Rolls has got an opportunity to keep stay at home and play, keep their legs moving. So, um, it's the Brits and the youngsters that I'm concerned for have can they get an opportunity to go play
1: with the youngsters though as well I'm going off on one again boys I'll be honest with the youngsters <laughs> um, get comfy <laughs> you, I'm trying to think Matt Richardson's gone abroad Brett Polini's gone abroad Stephen Lee's gone abroad there's three the to made Josh Tetlow for Tetlow, Techno, yeah Tetlow's yeah. in Finland now oh Sam Duggan I'll use Sam Duggan as an example. Sam Duggan's got a deal in Cardiff next year already, according to the press release. He's gone, this, he's gone to Sweden this year, but he's gone back to Cardiff. If there's a season this year, Tom's Rutkiss at Cardiff has been sat in the wings for the last couple of years on two-way deals with Swindon, getting ice time midweek, playing CHL hockey, getting elite league games here and there. If there's a season in February and Tom's Rutkiss gets a chance in Cardiff, He's going to take it with two hands and go and bust his balls, if the phrase, to get a deal, to get himself to prove that he's elite league standard. If Sam Duggan then doesn't come back, Cardiff would have got someone in place to do that in in Tom's Rutkiss. Sam Duggan was playing fourth-line hockey with Matty Miles and Josh Batch most of the season. Tom's Rutkiss could do that role as a young Brit in Cardiff. There's got to be other young Brits out there now say Nottingham have lost Tetlow and Pellini, two very different Brits, one's peak of his career, one's a youngster growing in the trade. There's got to be youngsters in Nottingham going, if there's a season, I want to take the opportunity, I want to jump on this and go, I want to be the next Brett Pellini, I want to be the next David Clark. I want to be the next Robert Farmer and take that opportunity. Could it be a good thing for these younger Brits to get this opportunity? So when it comes to next season and if Sam Duggan goes, Actually, I want to stay in Sweden. I'm getting twice the amount of money, twice the amount of ice time, and I've now got a missus out here. There's a young bit going, I've got a chance to make an elite league roster now. They're not going, I'm playing IHL hockey, and I might get a two-way deal and play three games. Mm. There's an opportunity for these guys to go, I could actually ply my trade in the top tier of the sport now. And we've mentioned Matty Myers. When Matty Myers does step away from the game, when Jonathan Phillips steps away from the game, when uh, Ben O'Connor Robert Dowd whoever, when the, the senior Brits step away from the game they need a place in could this be a hidden gem for young players to get an opportunity to be elite league standard if we get a season in February a campaign in February
2: definitely opportunity there isn't there like you say that's it's a big chance for the youngsters to go actually yeah so and sos moved on here i'm taking that chance for example i'm only saying the name because he he kind of joined up with the Blaze at the start of the preseason, um, in like their training camp um matt morris um he plays at solihull at the moment um he he came through the junior system he's a good player um he has he could have a chance to to shine and and you know maybe play four, third or fourth line with Blaze if they were to get into something in that situation. So there are a lot of youngsters there that could be licking their lips now thinking, this is my chance to to prove myself. And yeah, you're right, actually. They could sit there and go, yeah, I'm going to take it. So-and-so has moved on. Let's forget about so-and-so. Watch what I am. If they've got the confidence to do it, then they should take that jump. Like we said about, um, I can't of his name now, who was the guy we said that signed for Sheffield in the end? We all said it was going to happen.
1: Sam Jones.
2: That was him. Yeah, we said about him, didn't we? If he wants yeah. to prove himself, he's got to take the risk. And unfortunately, obviously, COVID's prevented that from happening now. But, yeah, youngsters now will have to look there and think, yeah, selfishly, yeah, you you go off to Sweden. You go, you go play a bit of hockey there. I'll, I'll be here for Blaze, Guildford, Belfast, whoever it is. I'll fill in when they ask that question. So, it's, it's definitely a one for... For them to, you know, seize an opportunity now, you know, the next big British player potentially. Um, let's let's see, let's see what happens. Mm.
1: I think the the main thing now is it's a. Uh, we hope it, we go forward in the right direction in regards to COVID nineteen, and people allowed back into venues like ice rinks. And there's something in February. If February is only six teams. Yeah, it won't be it won't be great, but it'll be hockey. Be but we're not going to gonna get ten. Te- yeah, we won't get ten teams in February and have a full season. Not with if there's hockey back, the World Championships is going to probably go ahead. So you're going to have GB players going out there. Um, we've got to, everything we get offered now. We've got to take as a positive, haven't we? And Definitely. push forward and hope and fingers crossed and literally hope for the best, as to say
2: and the flip side as well you've got to think about it if they do say six teams to play in. hypothetically let's say your six teams are Sheffield Nottingham Belfast Cardiff you know Guildford Coventry say they're your six teams yeah you've got a big five there Coventry bring back a lot of the guys that we already have back you Ferrara's whatever say that they're short of a few bodies you've got four teams in the elite league you can add extra players to you know you can say look yes we know you're a such and such a player for this team come play for us for this you know mini tournament or whatever they're going to call it get yourself some hockey time we're getting the grabs of obviously we've got a player who's obviously a squad player you're getting your legs moving again and then when the season restarts back up whoever they were with they go back to them or whatever you know, or if they were a really good sign and they stay with us. There's potential there that you could you could get someone on a short term deal and really get an absolute bargain out of it.
3: <laughs> I think um I I I am all for some hockey to be yeah. played. And I, I understand teams that the fans of teams that are not saying much right now and I understand that they're like gonna back their team. But like we need we can't let this this league' it's progressed year on year. we can't go back to two and a half line hockey, and we we might get to that if we go back to next year where we're struggling into a because they're like oh is this is is this league safe so get us some hockey and if if the teams don't like it and not, well not for it fine but don't don't slag us off because we're yeah. trying
2: yeah. And it also begs the question as well now that, and this is something that has been bugging me for years. And this this perfectly sums it up for me. The league needs a serious sponsor, a serious sponsor that can just just you know support the league throughout a situation like this. Not fully, I'm not saying that they should, but what think of what we've had in terms of when the Elite League first came in. There's the Elite League the following year became BMI Baby Elite League. Yeah, then that dropped after two seasons. We've not really had anything since then.
3: We had a solicitor, uh,
2: yeah, rapist Solicitors Elite League. Um, you know, they've I not s- really pushed themselves commercially was, to make money. They had
3: predict a which, yeah, that was it. I, um, I don't even know if they're still going, yeah, but I. <laughs> As sad as it sounds, we need an eighteen plus company to sponsor us, whether that be an alcoholic company or not an alcoholic, alcohol company or a betting company who who would put some money into the league. If they were sponsoring the league, they would put odds up and stuff like that. Um I'm not like a big fan of it, putting betting companies on there, but we need to expose the league. And yeah. we're not we're not doing enough right now.
2: It's the same if you roll back to the Premier League when that first started, it was the Carlin Premiership. You know, yeah. it was it, it needed something commercially to keep it sustainable. Carlin Premiership, Carlin then move on, Barclay Car Premiership, Barclay card say, Actually, Barclays is going to take over Barclay Premier League. Now it's just known because they've been able to sustain themselves for, for nearly 20 years. Um, you know. They're now at a point where I think what three seasons ago they just dropped a title sponsor altogether, and they're now just known as the the Premier League. Yeah. So, th- if we could do that, if someone commercially sound and savvy and said at the league, "Hey, I can get Carlsberg to sponsor us, Carlsberg Elite League," yeah, hasn't got the ring to it, but if they're going to turn around and say, "Going to pump ten million into your league,"
3: <laughs> I think sadly <laughs> has- the last time we watched hockey on terrestrial tv was when it was the benson and hedges cup and that oh, was it. so <laughs> was like going back a bit like, <laughs> oh, that was the last time i remember it being on terrestrial tv so barring obviously free sports but or i think that was on i t v or b b c so like, we do need a name that might ruffle a, f- a few feathers but we, we we're going to have to rebuild <laughs>
1: I think as well, it, You going off on both you, Danny and Scott there, whatever is said, whatever, he brought, say for example it comes in as Carlsberg and us four in this conversation now all go brilliant and we all go to our social media pages and re- we retweet the tweet and quote saying brilliant, great news for the sport. That's only four of us. But if someone posts negative about it, if, I don't know, uh, a random Blaze fan goes, "Oh, I don't agree with being the Carlsberg elite league because I, um, I don't like Carlsberg."
3: And Ash, negative sorry. yeah. Ash, we've been the Genting Casino Coventry Blaze for years. So yeah,
1: yeah, it, good point. I, but like... theoretically, <laughs> do what you're going <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. to get out there, and just <laughs>
2: shut <show> you down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, it is, I get it. No, yeah,
3: yeah. It, it, people sometimes choose to be offended so yeah if they want sport to succeed then they've got to think about these things
1: yeah Yeah. that's the thing but don't you find on social media the people who are negative shout the loudest
3: the positive people will say
1: something and walk away from it but then the negative ones they'll say something and then say for example i'm negative and you feel positive and i put some i go oh, it's a joke i'm Mm -hmm. an ex-alcoholic it shouldn't be an alcoholic an alcohol drink and then one of you reply going, well, I'm not an alcoholic and I think it's great. My negative then, i go back at you with a double negative. Yeah. And then the more you reply to me or I reply to you, the more negative I get. And the negative always shouts louder than the positive. It's like Blaze have announced now that Brawl signed in North America. Most people will be positive. But if there's one negative person, it's gonna it, be- will, it will shout louder than all the positive people because they push on it and go on about the fact that it's going to happen and they'll want their two minutes of glory. And you, you see it over Twitter a lot, especially around the current times where people are negative and let's be honest, we've all been an armchair coach at some point, but I didn't realise we had so many uh, armchair medical professionals since COVID has been out. And they check out the loudest, let's be honest. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Definitely. But going but, back to what you were saying, Scott, sorry, the Casino part, Weirdly enough, funny story, I know someone that absolutely kicked up a storm about that site. Like, oh, we shouldn't have a betting company, you know, it's a family sport, rah, rah, rah. Absolutely kicked up a fuss. I find it funny that when I walk back to my car, I see them going to get into Casino after every game. (laughs) (laughs) Having a drink, putting a bit (laughs) of money on the table.
3: (laughs) When we were sponsored in the BLL, we were sponsored by Findus, so that's at yeah. least, isn't it? So, well, there's always going to be a, a call for someone, someone getting annoyed by something, yeah. and uh, that's that. That's the way, especially social media works. Anyone that says something usually has about twelve followers, and they just they're just trolls. Yeah. Yeah,
2: definitely. But I get what you were about to say, Ashron, when you were going off on one, that was to say xyz but that 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 like we said about simsy a few weeks ago when we did the sheffield episode he does it because he knows it's going to get a reaction and if he's doing it because if he's doing it because he's doing it and he doesn't think like you know the bigger picture then fine whatever but if he is doing it and he is being smart and it's generating clicks and likes and comments and retweets it's drawing attention to the bigger situation same with Piers Morgan, as much as he is a douchebag, <laughs> now, he'll say there's something controversial to draw in the attention. Oh, did you hear? Paul Piers this, on the other morning, I said this to so and so. Boof! Everybody's then watching Good Morning Britain to see what he's doing next.
3: Yeah,
2: viewing figures go up. <laughs> it's it's the same. It's it's it, it's like we could we could say something controversial on here, and when I put that tweet out, or you know, when we put it all on social media, that's what I draw attention to because then I'm going to get the listeners. I might do that. i say something controversial. <laughs>
1: I, I'm quite sorry. Like, after
2: my uh, comment regarding Matty Polkamp, and you like, rinse
1: me, big style, I'm keeping my mouth shut.
2: Oh, yeah. Scott, what's your thoughts on that, by the way? What's that? Did you not hear uh, about the, uh, the Matty right. Polkamp situation?
1: Long story short. long, Very long story short. Um, where, we were sat in the squad, I'm Danny Moss and myself, um, Blaze were losing the game. It was October time, ish, maybe November, and mm. I think it was Ross said to me, theoretically, mate, if Blaze was to get rid of someone tomorrow, who would it be? Mm. And I looked up and I seen Matty Powell went Matty Powell camp. He's not, he's not doing anything important to He's not scored goals. He's going to be a scorer. He's not doing anything. Get rid of him. He's rubbish. In a few less words, I was in a mood. We were losing. I was vital. I think the next day, Blaze released Jamie Phillips. So these pair messaged me, Oh, you got that wrong, didn't you? And <laughs> then on one of our first podcasts we were talking and they both sent me up on a sync out for the Matty Pole Camp question of should you being gassed? So yeah, i had to eat a lot of humble pie because after I said that Matty Pole Camp scored quite a few goals, quite a few clutch goals and was a lot better.
3: Loved it um, too. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I had a I, I I actually had a go. Danny Paquette, in the casino once. I don't know how I walked out of it alive. But you know when he, uh, <laughs> you know when he, uh, it was Edinburgh at home, and he he slammed the plate into balls and got sent, or like, he got got a game and he got a ban. Yes. And then we played Norton Keynes the next on a Saturday. I said we needed you tonight, and you went and did that. Oh, well, I don't know what I was thinking, but uh, <laughs> still got my teeth, so all good. But you know, just just. The, passion of a blaze fan probably being a bit of a pellet so I got away with that one
2: <laughs> we all have it though I think I said it a few few seasons back I was like oh. no, I think we were awful we were like ninth we were scraping it was Danny's first year I just turned around and said ah fuck, you know, fuck a lot of them and I can't remember who asked me I think one of the other volunteers that was in the room and they were like who would like what Would you change now? Who would you d- dump off? And I think harshly, I turned around and said, Dark, get rid of um, Liam Stewart. And then I said, also following off with the cousins, the cousins haven't done much since they joined so obviously, uh, Almeida and Saina. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst thing I ever did. <laughs> but it, it's it's weird, it, it's same with you, Ash. Obviously, you kind of say it because it's it's an eventful thing, you're just like, Argh, I've got to it's say it. Yeah, it's emotions kicking in, but it's like somehow they they hear you. like they they don't hear you obviously they'll never they'll never know it's been said, but it's like a, in a sweet turn of events somehow they just something clicks and they just they fire on all cylinders going forward. Same with the Matty I thing. I think he said it didn't he Ross and we just said we we then tied yeah. the game and it was literally maybe five six minutes to go in the game and someone scored. And we just looked at each other and said, who was, who was it? Who was it? Who was it? And then Ash just drops his head and we go,
0: ah! <laughs> <laughs> in fact,
3: Sometimes, like, it. little things happen. Like Parara was, wasn't producing points the first half of the season and then he got the greasiest of goals in Glasgow away when we had the Scottish doubleheader. Yeah. And then that's where it exploded. So, it's madness how a little thing can change. Player season,
2: I think it was the same with Chris McNamara, though, wasn't it? When he, yeah. f- he came in a little bit later because he was a late, because we were gonna sign oh, what Eric Bedoin yes, he we went to is. Newcastle a year later. Wasn't
3: yeah. we signing him for 22 seasons in a row? Eric Bedoin
1: <laughs> him and Robin Bidsnake. <laughs>
3: yeah, Big Snake, yeah,
1: Robin but, Big Snake, Eric hey.
2: Bedoyne, Blaze, <laughs> apparently, never wore a shirt. But okay.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. But no, I remember Matt Le came in, and I, I remember, obviously Scott, you you'll probably remember it as well, and uh, I'm sure the others two will. He didn't really score for about six or seven games, and I think yeah. a lot of people were asking the question, why have we signed this guy? And then again, he just he pops up. I think he popped up in the quarterfinal of the Challenge Cup, he scored a, a crucial goal, and I, I think that either swung the momentum in our favour, or it, it it won us the game. I can never remember. And then from then he was just one
3: of the better players of the team everybody was good that year but... I've still got his jersey it don't fit me but, um, <laughs> I was <laughs> uh, I, I was 16 at the time so yeah it's a tight fit these days
2: <laughs> I've, got, <laughs> I've
1: got Neil mine jersey from that same year there's was... mom, mom is a Russ Cowley Russ Cowley wide jersey I've still got it somewhere or oh, my dad's got it somewhere
2: what did you have, Ross?
0: Uh, Kurt Irvine. Oh, oh, Kurt. oh. yeah. Head, heads the book. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he
2: heads a That's puck. a diving header, <laughs> yeah. Did he headbutt someone in a game?
1: Wasn't it he. I'm going to get this totally wrong, but didn't he? Some guy was literally punched his helmet and he was just like, Time to just keep going at it. Maybe. And he just it didn't give a monkeys. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that would be brilliant. Oh, yeah.
1: can you imagine? See, he was a different kettle yeah. of fish though, weren't he?
2: He was nuts. He was actually nuts. Well um. he went
1: on
0: a he went on a show, um Ice Warriors was it? And it was like gladiators on ice. Okay. And yeah. And he actually got kicked off the show because he was too rough. <laughs> 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 and they actually said to him, like, "Well, tone it down a bit, you know." And he was just like, "No, I'm out to win this." And they were like, "Look, you're too, t- <laughs> you're too aggressive." So they, like, their gladiators, like, it was, yeah, uh, Ice Warriors, I think it was called, like, yeah, yeah. He actually got kicked off for that.
2: Did you ever read Tomo's book, Benched? Yes. Did you? Did you a couple read- of times. Did you read the I always remember it. Always stands out to me. Because I, I just, I chuckle when I when I read it, and even now it just kind of it makes me laugh. I remember reading one. They said they were away somewhere. I can't remember where they were, and an incident happened. And he says, "Thomas, Thomas says, I'm outside the rink. I'm talking to a couple of people, and we're getting ready to go. And I see Kurt run round." open up the coach doors, grab a couple of sticks run off. And I'm thinking, what the hell's going on here? Did, I remember it's something along those lines. And it turned out that basically there was a bit of a ruckus going on the other side of the rink where some lads had started on, like, Ruggles and uh, maybe Tate and all, all them lads. <laughs> Kurt grabs the sticks to go and show him a good time. It sticks. I just remember reading the book thinking, bloody hell, if that's what pros are like. Jesus Christ. on <laughs> an illness, in this. And that was, like, right the time I wanted to get into playing hockey myself. Uh, it was... I just, that always stuck with me, and I thought, Kurt Irvine's just an absolute loose cannon. He, but he's he, he's on our team, so I'm happy.
3: <laughs> but Tomo, Tomo kind of kept him in check. Yeah, what, 100%. What, what, Tomo, what Tomo's done for British ice hockey is not appreciated by certain members of the elite league, shall we say.
2: Yeah, I'm certain for members of of the Blaze fan base as well, and, yeah. and that's what annoys me. Like, yes, I get it. He made a comment once, and I would never go to another elite league team. I get it, and he did. So I understand the frustrations. But are you really going to pass up an opportunity to go and coach, have a you know a sustainable job in a in a good league that you know? No, and you, no one is. Yeah, you're not. So I get why they're frustrated, but at the same time, I see his logic behind it. And he's still part of the club in yeah. some way, shape, or form, and he's still beat us, you know, not beat us, So he's built us up to what we were at the time of his leaving, um, and unfortunately since then it's not been the best. It's like the Fergie situation with Man United. <laughs> he built them to that team with what they are. He's gone, and it's not been quite as good. Not saying that we're absolutely shocking. We've had some absolute blunder of the seasons, but let's not talk about the Shay Guffrey era. Yeah. <laughs> look, look at, looking at Tom though, look
1: at two players you play for Blaze well currently per se
2: hmm.
1: Ross Venus and David Clements yeah he, he trained both them as young kids yeah. he brought Venus to the roster as a 16 year old 15 year old
2: hmm.
1: they were both playing for us and they weren't let's be honest they're not going to be your number one and number two pick in the NHL draft and that's definitely against them two guys but they're two young Brits playing the trade but them two guys were paramount in our roster and have been for the last few seasons, and they've both got better year on year, in my opinion. Mm. Tomo did that about 15 years ago. Yeah. Tom, he seen Tomo, them and took them
2: in. Yeah, and Tomo also, if I remember correctly, they, they had kind of uni deals to an extent back in the kind of Elite League first two, three years, but not like we know them now. And if I remember correctly, there was around, I want to say 2007, 2008 time, they got a deal with Henley College where you could go and study sport at a tech level and then you had to go and do, train with ice hockey. And I think if I remember correctly, Tom Pease did it. Tom Pease was part of that kind of package. Um well not package, sorry, that's the word. But he was he was involved in it. I think he was one of the guys that they kind of pushed into it and said, You get your education that way and then you still come and train with the Blaze but the, and that was around the time... Yeah, that would be about right, because that would be around the time that Curtis, uh, Hoppy and all them lot played for the Blazers as well, wouldn't mm. it? Like, think... Tommy,
3: Tommy was massive to the, like, the league as a whole. He gets slated for his time in Sheffield, but what he did off-ice for Sheffield was massive. Like, all those deals they do and everything they've got going forward, he was a big part of that. But the, the fans don't always realise that obviously they had a bad season where they signed Josh Pear and it didn't work out but you know all these little five pound deals they do and that that's was thinking mm. he knows what he's doing he's been around British hockey for years and certain things that yeah sometimes you don't appreciate someone until they're gone no exactly 100%. 100%. I mean where
2: is he now where what, what team was he like last year
1: he was in Germany, wasn't he? Was it um, uh, Schwinninger? Lafthauser? oh Schwinninger, yes.
3: Schwinninger, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Because there was all the talk of it, wasn't there? Oh, Tomo's going to Glasgow. Tomo's going to Cardiff. Tomo's going to here, there, and everywhere. But it goes back to that conversation of social media. Whoever puts them out there, if they want it to be there enough, they'll bang on, bang on, bang on, bang on yeah. to have eleven followers. Yeah.
2: There it goes sometimes. With, um... Ash, have we got anything else for today? Um
1: <laughs> I'm just, um, saying, I'm just looking at the questions point. we received on Facebook earlier from people. Um, yeah. a lot of them we have we've not answered them directly, but we've answered within conversations about players signing contracts and what happens now, team sustainability going forward. and um, we've touched on that as well. Um the only other question was one from our favourite Ice Street manager, Chris Carpenter, about Scorch's costume and how will it smell after it's been locked up for twelve months. But I don't think that's for me to answer,
3: Danny.
2: Not my issue anymore. Don't <laughs> care. <laughs> <laughs> Bit does. Fine. <laughs> yeah. It was the worst. Uh, going off on on that. You've, you've boarded up. The worst thing to to clean. I must admit, I first walked into it you had this body piece muscle bodysuit that did up under the crotch area the worst thing in the world you then had what i can only describe as james pease's old shorts (laughs) with short covers and a little green tail sewed to the back that's what i walked into when i first went there these long green arms that zipped onto the bodysuit and then the head you're not your normal kind of jersey what have you I was—I'm was like, not—I'm not wearing that for much longer. I started to wear my own hockey kit within three months of doing it, and I just wore it from then on out. I felt more comfortable. I felt I could move better, I could skate better, I had more freedom because the muscle suit wasn't too clunky, and I wasn't wearing it anymore. But oh, cleaning it, because I knew how to wash my own hockey kit, it was easy. But if I ever brought that head and the the green arms home to clean that, Jesus, it was the worst thing in the world. The worst thing in the world i i the arms were easy i just bunged them in the washing machine and let them go but the head i probably cleared my i probably wiped my draining board down <laughs> cleaned it oh. then i had to let it dry because it's this big head and it's got all these fixtures inside if i mean if you ever get a chance have a look inside it's heavy as hell and then water to it. And i'm like i can't dry it how do i dry that so then I'm getting a town. and I'm kind of rubbing it down. I'm like, fucking hell, people are going to look through the window and think I'm fucking petting a green dog here. <laughs> <laughs> it got to one point where I was so fed up. I literally stood there with Divra's hair dryer. And I went, right, boom. And I literally pinned the hair dryer somehow next to the head just blowing on it to the point where I could actually then smell. You know, you know when you walk past the changing rooms and the guys have got the gloves on the, on the oh. fixture and you, the hair dryer's going, and you can smell that kind of smell.
3: In between oh, breaks, that's Idiot. what it
2: smelt like. Oh. I mean, I played junior ice hockey. And I don't recall ever washing my junior hockey kit, and I don't think it ever stunk that bad. <laughs> but no, oh. not my issue anymore. I don't care. Whoever picks that up, I'm sorry, but I did clean it the best I could before I handed it off. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with me anymore.
1: Yeah. There's, I've got two other very little things. Um, first one. I seen earlier, Danny, that you've messaged uh, Valley. Um, yeah. Obviously, I dropped out a little while ago. Um, so i do not if you mentioned already. I see you're hoping to get Valley on in a few weeks' time. Hopefully,
2: let's let's just see. I can't even tell you anymore because my phone's died. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but apologies to anybody. I've been a lot quieter than I normally am ha- on on these. There's been a lot of back and forth between me and Valley. Um, just trying to sort some kind of things out there's nothing set in stone as of yet um, I've I've kind of said hey this is what we've done because of, we mentioned earlier about his tweet he put out would you want to mention, say something about it would you want to come on and just discuss it in general he's then by the sounds of it he's listened to a couple of episodes because he's, he's he's put something in one of the messages to me before my phone died that Liam said so he must have heard <laughs> the episode oh, um, Jesus so um, nothing but of course, but he said I can relate to this situation, and that's. And then my phone literally died as I was reading the rest of the message. So that's all. I I don't know. I can't say much more because until I get my phone back on and, and try and follow up with him, I don't know if he will or will not commit to it. So as it stands, I've put the offer there, and I'll see what happens. But if that does come in, be sure to I'll be sure to get, let the Sealer fan know so they can get on us, and they could actually I think. Weirdly enough, I said as well in our little message chat that we've got off there. Off um, we've had quite a few followers while we've been recording within the first hour, um, and most of them were Steelers fans as well. So, hopefully, that's a good thing.
1: And my well, there's two other things. Um, one of them is next week's guest. Um, obviously, people have seen it already because we put the feelers out there from the Clemmo episode. Um, and we'll put up a proper few of you out tomorrow but Ross do you want to tell us next week's guest
0: yep yeah. next week we will be joined by as Clemo said the young blaze legend and the man that's uh, scared of rodents in the town centre and that is number 59 Ross Venus
2: brilliant can't wait for that one that's going to be absolutely hilarious
0: First question, why are you scared of pigeons? <laughs> oh, yeah. But what question we have as well from Temo. Uh,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, other than that, there is nothing more from me this week. I think I've ostracised everything we needed to talk about. Um, anything from anyone else?
3: Nothing from me, no. No. I've, uh, thank you for having me on, boys. Really enjoyed it. Good to talk <laughs> some hockey.
2: Yeah,
3: some, something to talk about at least
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah, cheers Scott, really do appreciate that it's been a yeah, good recording, you. had a lot of fun again and nice to catch up with you distantly as to say
0: yeah, thanks for your time so yeah, thanks, to you. You. thanks for listening to the Third Period Podcast we hope
1: you enjoyed the show if you've got anything you want to say to us find us on Facebook maybe join in the next episode as always, check out Nuola for all your custom sportswear needs.